Hello, I'm Alec Wilkinson and this is episode 30 of Sailing Uncovered. Now, don't you think that sailing and boat design have gone cosmic in recent years? Some real out-of-the-box thinking that's created incredible boats that we really never thought was possible just a few years ago. Uh, in the racing game, you know, it's all about foiling, the America's Cup Cats of 2013 and now the foiling monohulls. Uh, you've got the Imokas, the Nacras, the Moth, pretty much whatever you're sailing drunk, you can get it to foil. Uh, and talking of America's Cup boats, by the way, really pleased that you've enjoyed the uh, videos we've put up of uh, all four teams foiling their brand new um, AC75s on our YouTube channel. Um, I think the Ineos Team UK one has got around is it 38,000 hits, 40 all right we're approaching 45 so um, that that keeps going up so you should check that out Um, but check out the whole channel uh, because we've also uploaded videos of the two well amazing boats that we're going to talk about right now and it's not just the boats but the sea and the landscapes that are awesome in those videos so um, check them out and uh, remember to subscribe it's the sailing uncovered youtube channel so now I've, i've got to be honest i'm not an engineer I'm not particularly technical. Uh, I can change a light bulb, maybe the odd uh, power socket, but that's about it. But even I found the stories behind the two boats that we're featuring fascinating. So, Energy Observer, that's the first boat. It's on a world tour powered by just hydrogen. And yes, I did ask if it was safe before I went on board. Uh, So it's powered by hydrogen, solar and wind power. And they're using wing sails to capture that wind. The other boat, Race for Water, also uses solar and wind power. But instead of a sail, they use a kite, which frankly looks totally mental. How does it work? We'll find out from the brainiest and most cheerful engineer I have ever met, Annabelle Boudino, uh, in the second part of the show. But first... Let's talk about Energy Observer because I went aboard the 100-foot catamaran for a look around and a little cruise down the River Thames. I'm Jérôme Delafosse, expedition leader on Energy Observer. And we're below deck and it is spacious. It's all white. There's a fantastic coffee machine, USB ports. I mean, it is amazing and it's slick. And uh, I've been on some super yachts. It looks almost as good as, as, as one. Let's just start with the concept of the expedition. What, why are you doing this? I was filming documentaries for years, exploring the oceans, diving a thousand meters, working with shark conservation, you know, illegal fishing, slavery at sea, you know, all the, the trash things. And um, but I got uh, tired of being a witness. So I really wanted to uh, go uh, uh, from uh, observation to action. And I think this boat is a symbol of uh, awareness, uh, for sure. So um, we started to think to to build a boat that, that would be self-sufficient and work with the energy of nature. So we could explore the world without damaging it, which is something uh, amazing. Uh. So Hugo Devado, chief engineer. Hugo, just give us a, a run through, an overview of this amazing boat. So the ship is Energy Observer. It's uh, 30.5 meters long, uh, 12.7 meters uh, wide. Uh, the particularity of the ship is that it has uh, 165 square meter of solar panels, so entirely covered, and it has two very big wings uh, that can uh, 
be used to propel the ship and to recover energy also from the wind uh, to to recharge the batteries but also to produce hydrogen on board and that's the big uh, particularity of, of, of uh, Energy Observer is that we can store energy into hydrogen which is very uh, light compared to battery technology and which is very uh, compact and has a lot of power. I guess the logic is that H2O that we're floating on is you know part hydrogen um, and so you're using basically wind power uh, and solar power to convert the H2O to hydrogen. Yeah, basically we uh, we started from the uh, the fact that uh, hydrogen is the most uh, abundant element in the whole un- in the whole universe, and that uh, we choose to use uh, water to extract the hydrogen, but you can use different type of uh, other technologies. But as we are a boat and we are on water, it's it's the most uh, well, it's the easiest way. <laughs> um. So I don't want to be alarmist, but are we sitting on a time bomb here? Uh, could th- could everything explode? No, actually, we have a lot of uh, security on board to ensure that everything is fine. We have a lot of, we have a lot of sensors. We have uh, uh, hydrogen sensor, pressure sensors, and uh, to ensure that everything is working fine. And uh, but actually, there's less risk on the hydrogen uh, than uh, on gasoline. But we tend to forget that. that uh, so. Um, I find it fascinating that you did have um, effectively windmills generating energy um, and because you're always changing and developing the boat you took you got rid of those and you've replaced them with wing sails that go up and down and we have a video of that on our YouTube channel so you can go and, and, and check that out um, and they're wing sails that are quite similar in concept to the America's Cup wing sails from, from the last America's Cup um, except these ones go up and down, so they're, they're kind of soft material that, when raised, pop up and become rigid. So can you explain to a non-engineer uh, like me, how do you use those to create hydrogen? Uh, so basically uh, it's working um, as a sail, but it's uh, automated and it has um, more... Um, it has profile uh, more like a wing, plain wing, so it's two times more efficient than a standard sail. So we can have smaller wings on it, and the goal is to um, help the ship uh, move forward with the wing. And uh, when the ship is is attracted by the wing, uh, the two wings, uh, basically the propellers are turning, and we break the propellers. We regenerate basically as we do on a standard electric car. So we. We regenerate and and uh, and use this energy to to charge the batteries and to produce hydrogen. It seems simple, doesn't it, when you explain it like that? <laughs> um, so the technology that you've got here, and and I know you're very proud that this is basically a, a floating experiment. How does it translate in practical terms for industry? How will it change the world? Yeah, the the goal on on this ship is to show that um, the whole chain is working but perhaps in the future you will have different parts in in different uh, zones for example the production of hydrogen perhaps it will be on land on bigger plants uh, where you have more i don't know more wind more sun it's it will be more steady and on the ship you can have hold the only the the consumption of hydrogen which is the tank and the fuel cell and you can uh, do like you you do actually currently on on the diesel or gasoline uh, you go at the pump and you refill your tank. 
So the goal is to have a similar, well, experience to to to, to the person that's using the ship, but without um, polluting the environment and uh, without you know damaging nature. <laughs> well, below deck, there's a nice kitchen area. It's quite plush. Six cabins, um, four quite large cabins. They're very impressive. And it's so quiet. That's the thing that really I find stunning. I mean, apart from the movement of the boat on the water, and we're, we're currently cruising towards Tower Bridge along the Thames, um, but apart from the movement, you wouldn't really know that anything was, was happening. And I think the, uh, the noise or lack of it is also important in this boat. Yeah, and, and also the lack of smell, because on, on uh, diesel boats you, you feel a lot, a lot different in a... And actually, it's it's better also for a person that are seasick, because uh, part of the seasickness also comes from the smell and uh, and, and and the noise, the, basically the environment. So it's better. That's what's missing: the smell. I, I, yeah. I hadn't realised until you pointed it out. Very interesting. Um, and the noise is important for the marine environment and and, and marine life. Yeah, actually, we did uh, some testing to see uh, the difference between this ship and 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 the standard one. And so basically, uh, it's it's uh, from lower than four uh, kilohertz. It's it's uh, it's good for 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 the underwater. Uh, uh, life, yeah, and this ship is only one, you know. So basically, you can sail without disturbing, disturbing anything underneath. So, Jerome, let me bring you back in. Um, in practical terms, this boat is not fast, is it? And you know, we're seeing sailing boats in the America's Cup hitting 50 knots, but this is nowhere near that. And we live in a world that is fast. Everything's got to be fast. Everything has to be delivered quickly. You know, time is money. Um, I think uh, we are in a world that's going too fast. That's my personal thought, you know. <laughs> well, that may be true. <laughs> but, um, but really, uh, until which speed will we go, you know? And when will we lose control? I'm asking you. <laughs> As, you know, that's the point. So, of course, uh, Energy Observer is, a, is is not a fast boat, but so we will improve, of course, that, you know, as soon as we will be able to produce more hydrogen faster, we will be able to, to, to use more hydrogen to go faster. You know, that's the point. So we, we can, uh, now, if we want uh, sell to 12 knots, easy, but we, if we want to be self-sufficient, we have to say, uh, like, uh, 6 knots. But, um, there is a very uh, funny uh, story and on that boat our engineers you know uh, you know we know that we have uh, i don't know like uh, an amount of energy to to go from a point a to point b uh, and that we shouldn't use more energy so if you want to make uh, yourself a coffee you're going to press on the coffee machine and the boat is going to slow down you know <laughs> so I mean, it makes you realize, you know, how to use energy. You know, for me, when I started this project, energy was just a bill at the end of the month. Now, I know what I produce, I know what I consume, and that's really interesting, you know, because it, it gives you another perception, you know, of our world. That's interesting. So, if you're going from A to B, you allocate a finite amount of energy. Yes. Uh, and you don't go over that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
so, 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 so I was going to say, minutes, maybe. so <laughs> well, a, okay. a, a, a coffee's two minutes. So that that limits your amount of coffee as well, doesn't we, it? You know, in in our world, we don't have the time anymore just to be lazy and sink, you know, to something. Myself, you know, even with my job on that boat, I have to be really like uh, always working or I never stop, you know. And I think we, you know, the only time in my life where I can just think is when I'm uh, sailing on that boat. That's the point. Now, you've already done a, you did a Tour de France in the first year. Um, you've been up to Northern Europe, so you did Norway and uh, went as far as St. Petersburg and you've come down the east coast of the United Kingdom now. Um, and you're about to head back to St. Malo, which yes. is your base port mm -hmm. for a refit. Um, and every part of the tour, you stop off and you talk to people and you set up your uh, information village. Um, so you're very well organized, um, but it costs a lot of money. So how did you manage to get, I, I can see on your jacket, you've got a number of companies that are sponsoring you. How did you convince them to get involved? Yeah, that was a hard part, you know, because when we started this project uh, six, seven years ago, uh, you know, now everybody's talking about hydrogen and renewables. At that time, you know, nobody would know anything about it. So, you know, some people laughed at the beginning, you know, when <laughs> we were talking about our project. They laughed at you and said, you want money for this? Yeah, that was really, they, they didn't believe in it, you know. And uh, now nobody's laughing anymore, which is quite cool. But... Um, Yes, but I think our passion, you know, and, and we are really serious, you know, we are experienced sailors and uh, so uh, we had some visionary companies, you know, who, are, who really trusted us from the beginning and uh, and they just jump on board. And what we like, you know, is if you look at all those companies, one is a hotel company, one is a car company, <laughs> uh, one is an insurance company, etc., etc. And, you know, we have people from... Uh, like a very different horizon and we are really uh, glad that we could just gather you know all those people and we are very we are very realistic people and we believe you know that uh, the only way of changing the world is just reconciling uh, economy and ecology and that show that it's possible so you're obviously raising awareness as you travel around um, and you're um, improving the boat all the time and you can tell me about those changes in a moment uh, apart from perception what what are you changing what is technologically what is the point of this boat uh, the the big first mission of energy observer is to to prove that if we can sail the world you know on uh, in extreme conditions uh, tomorrow we will be able to apply implement all those technologies on the mainland, in a house, in a city, and why not in a country. That's, to us, the future of energy. That's, I would say, our main goal. Uh, this summer, last summer, we went to, uh, we did uh, an historic uh, journey to, uh, to Svalbard in the Arctic. We uh, became the first boat to reach uh, such a northern point just on renewables and hydrogen. And uh, that was to us a very important, uh, um, I would say, a message, a political message as, as well, not only a tec technical challenge. Uh, because uh, the Arctic is uh, ground zero of climate change, and uh, well, we wanted to, at the same time, show that we can sail there, and at the meantime, uh, we wanted to go there with that boat, you know, to to just talk to citizens, stakeholders, and also uh, industrials. So it's a laboratory boat. Um, 
it's a floating experiment. Are you feeding back what you're discovering technologically, your, you know, your discoveries and inventions? Are you feeding that back into industry? Is that how it's helping? Yes. Uh, Energizer is a real lab because every year we go back to the shipyard and we uh, keep the technology that, that, that worked and uh, the one that didn't fit, we just remove them and we replace them. Before the wings, we had some wind turbines, it didn't work, we removed them. We had a kite as well, it was not uh, made for our boat, so we just stopped that too. Um, of course, uh, we hope that uh, our technologies will be uh, used in the industry. That's uh, you know also uh, the interest of our partners. So, uh, w what next? Um, because you've got big plans for the coming year. Hello. Um, there is a very important point with that boat is we are a media boat as well. We want, you know, to communicate on the emergency for climate. That's really important. We are really like a, in a world movement right now we, and we feel really close to it. Um, so we are filming documentaries. Uh, we are filming in Britain right now. Um, because we think it's a country with a lot of imagination, which is something which is quite missing uh, in our civilization right now. Um, and uh, next year we will sail uh, all the way to, um, to Japan. Uh, so we will cross the Atlantic and then the Pacific to reach Tokyo for the Olympics. That will be very important to us. And we will then go back to the west coast in the, in the US. So it will be altogether 20,000 miles. Uh, well, <laughs> at, at six knots. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. You know, you it's you might you might want to give up coffee. No, six <laughs> knots is really when we we don't have wind. The wings really help us that we can really a bit go a bit uh, faster. And that uh, you know, in the in in the Atlantic and the Pacific, that will be really really helpful with the Alize. That's uh, that's really important. We're going to fast forward one week. Same city, London, but this time we're in Hyde Park at a function on the Serpentine. And I've come here to meet Annabelle Boudinot of Race for Water to find out a little bit more about her boats of the future. Now, their main mission is to research the problem of plastic pollution in the ocean. But their ship, their boat that they're doing it from, is not hugely dissimilar from Energy Observer. The one big difference is that they have a huge kite uh, flying off the front of it to help propel it forwards uh, instead of the wing sails that we've heard about and seen on Energy Observer. So Annabelle, as second in command, tell us a little bit more about the project that you're working on. Are you in competition with Energy Observer or are you friends? Well, I think uh, Energy Observer and us, we are dealing with the same problem. Our goals are a bit the same uh, regarding renewable energy. We are both uh, doing around the world with 100% renewable energy with very new technology. So we have lots of common points. Um, as you said, uh, Energy Observer, they have sails and we have a kite. Um, I think we also have a little bit more solar panels, but um, our boat is also a little bit more heavy, so <laughs> there is some slight differences, but the goal are the same, I think. The other common ground you have is that everybody seems to be French. <laughs> so how, how, how come? Is, is France really turning into a, a hub for this sort of technology? 
Oh, well, hopefully, <laughs> would be great. Um, yeah, actually, the sailors on our project are French. We also have uh, quite some Swiss. And um, I also like to say that we are a European project because our kite is from Germany. The boat was also built in Kiel. And uh, we also have um, some French technology and Swiss technology on board. So it's really a European project. I'm, I'm interested to hear more about the kite because obviously a lot of our listeners are sailors. So I want to know more about that and also about your sailing career. But um, first of all, what is the main goal of Race for Water? Race for Water is a foundation that dedicates to fight plastic pollution in the ocean. Uh, we have the luck that this amazing boat was given to us. Um, she actually already went around the world in 2013 for a project named Planet Solar. And um, the owner of the boat quite felt in love with uh, the foundation and they decided to give us the boat. At that time, so it was in the COP21 in 2015, there was only the 500 square meters of solar panels. And uh, we thought, okay, so the proof is done that you can go around the world only with solar energy. But how can we improve the boat? And uh, we came out with the kite. So the kite is designed by a German company called SkySails. And they are working on kite system. They've been working for like 15 years. So initially they were designing kites for cargo ship. So the system is very easy and very complex. Um, it's easy and complex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we, there is not much to do for us, but behind it there is uh, some crazy algorithm and it's quite amazing because so we have a kite that comes in a bag, disinflated, we plug it to a mast and we lift the mast and then we let the wind blow into the kite, which inflated, a bit like a paragliding wing. And I've seen the video, it's mm -hmm. insane. Um, and I couldn't, I just couldn't work out how it, how it works, how it operates. But um, certainly the human part of it, setting it up, seemed fairly straightforward. And um, if you want to see more, you can go to our YouTube channel and um, we've got that video on there, uh, on there now. Um, so that's the kite. How, how does it help? you know propel the boat does it make that much of a difference it's hard to believe because the boat's you know the boat's big it's big and it's heavy but um yeah what is really amazing in the system is that our kites they are about 40 square meters and it's really small because for paragliding wing it's uh, the system for two persons but we have what we call a dynamic flight so that means when the kite is at its flight altitude we start an automatic pilot and it's doing eight to the kite and that allow us to increase the strength on the rope by 25 times so sorry it, it, it's it's doing a um a figure, the eight. A figure of eight yeah, in, the, in exactly. the sky yeah 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 and uh, this figure of eight is very effective because then the apparent wind that the kite sees increase a lot and directly the strength on the rope so it's pulling very hard it's pulling up to two tones our system and that allows us to go twice the speed we are doing in solar mode. So uh, in solar mode, we consider we go at about four knots. And when we are with the kite, we can easily go to six to eight knots, even 10 knots top speed. So and without, of course, using any electricity or the engine at the same time. And my first sort of contact with the boat was at the America's Cup in Bermuda oh. in 2017. I saw that there. Um, uh, in fact, I remember asking our 
helicopter uh, camera on the helicopter to get a shot of it for uh, for our news program. So uh, that that was my first contact, and that was part of a a world tour that you're doing. Yep. Um, and this summer or next summer, 2020, you're going to be in Tokyo for the Olympics. So tell us about what you're trying to achieve with that tour and where you're going to go. So the main goal of the foundation is the plastic pollution into the ocean. In order to do this, we have a three. Um, step program which we call our three drops so learn, share, act and obviously being on such event like the America's Cup or the Olympic Games is a huge part of the share program because we will attend lots of people there, there will be lots of media so for us a big media coverage and lots of opportunity to spread the word how uh, plastic pollution is bad in the ocean and how uh, terrible is it for the human health and that we are in a state of emergency so this big event there are really uh, big opportunities for us well i wish you the best of luck at the olympics because <laughs> it is shocking the amount of plastic bottles that get sold at the uh, at the olympic games generally with the word coca-cola on it <laughs> um, but anyway you're you come from a, a sailing background don't you yeah in 2013 i did the mini transat and um yeah i, I sail since um, i am seven so it's really um, it's really inside me i remember when i was about 10 uh, it was uh, sunset i was on the boat and i thought oh this is so nice i can really <laughs> do this my whole life <laughs> so i'm going on so it was very easy for me to know what to do in life <laughs> But you're not just a sailor, you're a mechanical engineer by training, aren't you? Yeah. Um, what's the connection with the marine industry, though? Well, so so when I was 10, maybe 12 then, at that stage, I thought, OK, I want to know everything about sailing. And I thought, well, designing is probably the most complicated, like the, the part you need to study most. So I thought, OK, I'm going to be an engineer so I can study boat design. So that's how I became an engineer. And then when I started to look for training periods and um, first jobs, I was only accepting things around boats. There was no other options. So my first training period, I think I sent over more than a hundred resume to be sure that I will be taken in some boat industry somehow. <laughs> and, and that's how to do it, uh, folks. If, you've got, if we've got any kids listening, uh, if you've got a passion, you've just got to stick at it. So uh, what's interesting is, is the French connection. Um, as we said, those two boats, you know, your boat and Energy Observer, are basically French and funded through French companies and French sponsors. Swiss no? for us. And Swiss for you, is yeah. it? Tell yeah, me yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the foundation is Swiss. It's based in Switzerland and our president and founder, Marco Simeoni, is also from Switzerland. So, but um, yeah, it seems that it was easier to find sailors in France. You've seen a lot of plastic in the ocean. It's quite depressing. You've got a lot of depressing stories about the plastic you've found. Do you see a, 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 a glimpse of hope? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the worst come from the humans, but the best also come from the humans. And at every stopover, we've met with people that have very great local initiatives. And that's what is giving a great hope. And also, in every stopover, we are promoting our solution to give plastic waste a value through pyrolysis system. 
but um, in a clean way. So no CO2 emission in the process of the pyrolysis and filter that filters all the contaminant to be sure we are emission free in the rate of the um, European Union. So there is hope, of course. There is lots of work to do and everybody needs to act. But if we do so, we can tackle the problem. Just going back to your kite. Yeah. Um, it was designed by a company that are trying to create kites for big ships um, and presumably tankers and so on. Um, how are they doing? Is, is that technology advancing? Are we going to see less diesel-powered ships out there? Well, unfortunately, SkySail started about 15 years ago and um, the companies took some interest in the system. But in about 2013, there were the fracturation that came out and the price of the oil got down and then the companies were not so much interested anymore in the oh, kite system. Fracking, systems. is that? Yeah, ah. fracking, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, uh, so... So the company lost interest in the system and SkyCells was about to get uh, closed, bankrupt. Uh, and then Marco Simeoni came and asked that he wanted a system for race for water. So then they created the company SkyCells Yacht, that is dedicating to create kites for yacht. And now they are also working on land-based system to create electricity out of the kite. So it's a system that goes into a container and the kite is linked to a generator. So the cycle is a bit different than us because it's going also up and down. And when it goes out, it unroll a line and, this, and this, at this moment, this is creating electricity. And at the end, when it reaches its maximum altitude, it goes into the edge of the wind window. So this is basically a place where the kite doesn't have so much uh, force anymore. And so that's when it goes in. So it only takes 4% of the energy it has created to come in. And then it goes out again. And this is also fully automatic. So with also crazy algorithm behind it. And what about your solar panels? Do you see ships being operated one day with those? Solar panels are very interesting and I hope there will be more and more on ship. The big issue is to store the energy and that's where we have the hydrogen system because the batteries, it's a very comparably heavy system to store the energy. So to give you an idea, on our boat, we are able to store with the battery 750 kilowatt hours of electricity with about 8 tons of batteries. With a hydrogen system, for about the same weight, slightly less, we are able to store four times this amount of energy, about 2.7 megawatt hours of electricity. So if we come out with effective hydrogen system, I think there will be more and more solar panels also. Because um, sun, you don't have it all the time. You have it a lot and it's providing lots um, of energy, but you need to have good solution to store it. And I think our hydrogen solution is a very good one. Okay, well, the very best of luck with your uh, your cruise and your discoveries and uh, fingers crossed things get better, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. <laughs> Join us. Isn't she great? So positive about everything. And you can find out plenty more on both projects by going to our Facebook page. Check out some of the 
awesome videos as well from the two teams on our YouTube channel. And remember to subscribe to both, please. If you're more into the environmental side rather than the engineering side of what the projects are doing, then you must listen to our Ocean Life special. It's episode 26. You will love it. It is fascinating. And we've speak to some awesome scientists about the issues. But that's it for this month's show. From me, Alec Wilkinson. Until next time, it's goodbye. <laughs>